Don't you just love Jesus? I mean, seriously, this is just some crazy stuff we're celebrating right now. I want to read a few passages of Scripture. The first is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. And most of you, you've heard this before, right? This is not something you haven't heard probably a hundred times, but lean in and listen, right? Maybe hear him for the first time. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, Christ is the visible image, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. He got blessed the reading of his word. And now for a, a few weeks at Maple Grove, we've been looking at the various messages that are tucked within the first Christmas. And tonight, Christmas Eve 2018, uh, I, I want to spend a few minutes talking about the message about God that we see in the first Christmas. Like, what does the Christmas story, specifically the birth of Jesus, reveal to us about God? After all, the angel told Joseph that this child, when he arrives, will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And Paul said that that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. And the truth is that there are countless ways that, uh, that Jesus has revealed God when he walked this earth wearing flesh. And tonight I want to talk about three of those that are in the first Christmas story. Number one, the Christmas story reveals that God keeps his promises. You know, when you think about it, there are two threads that weave together the entire Bible. Promises and fulfillment. You see, much of the Old Testament would simply fit under the category of promise. And then the New Testament is is pretty much a recording of the fulfillment of those promises in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so the birth of Jesus is the fulfillment of a series of promises, also called prophecies, that were given hundreds, sometimes even thousands of years in advance. Now, there's a number of prophecies that we could talk about. Promises that God made about Jesus that are fulfilled. That all happened just as God said they would. I just want to look at two that revolve around his birth. The first is in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Written roughly 700 years before Jesus was born. Where God says to his people, people who are going through a very difficult time. Politically, economically, militarily. And he says this to them. Now, they're looking for answers. Maybe the government could be the answer. Maybe their king could be the answer. And he says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is saying that the the answer to our problems, and they had problems. Maybe you have some problems. It's not the government and it's not a human ruler. Instead, it's Emmanuel. It's the fact of God being with us. So God is coming to human history. He's coming to visit our plant and to be with us as people. And, and how will we know 
who this Emmanuel is, this, this God who is to be with us by looking for a virgin who will give birth to a son. Now, the second prophecy or promise is in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, written 500 years before the birth of Jesus. Micah writes, but you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will rule over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient of times. And Hebrew literally is saying from, from eternity. Hello? My phone buzzed a little bit earlier. My wife had to grab it, so feel free. No judgment here, all right? And listen, from these promises, there was an expectation that a Savior was coming. He would be a deliverer, a redeemer, a hero. It will be called God among us. It will be born to a virgin in the town of Bethlehem. And so everyone was anxiously awaiting the miraculous visitation from God. And understand, all of those promises were fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. Now, this Christmas Eve, one of the things I want each of us to carry out of this room is the powerful, life-giving, life-sustaining truth that God keeps his promises. He always has, and he always will. God keeps his promises. He always has, and he always will. Get it? Good. God promises that one day, he promised that one day he would send his son to this broken and hurting world that he loves so much. So that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And God has kept and is still keeping that promise. God promises to work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God keeps his promises. God promises that our present suffering are not worth comparing to the glory that one day will be revealed to us. God keeps his promises. God promises that in all things... We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. God keeps his promises. God God promises that one day he's coming back to take us to our forever with him in a perfect, unbelievable, blow-your-mind world. God keeps his promises. Amen? That's good stuff. Christmas is about a God, right? who always keeps his promises. Next, we see revealed this truth about God. And again, if you've been around me for any length of time, you know, most of my teaching is not rocket science, right? It's a fisherman's faith, right? God keeps his promises. You probably knew that. If I asked you a true or false question, does God keep his promises? You'd probably get it right, but do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you hold on to it? Do you trust in it when things are difficult? And here's another truth you know before, you've heard many times before, but it is revealed in the Christmas story that nothing is impossible for God. That's what the angel told Mary, right? Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, will be called Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. I bet she was excited about that. She was. Uh, People used to say she was barren. But she's conceived the son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Now understand the story of Jesus reveals that our God can do anything. That nothing is impossible for our star-breathing, 
ocean-holding, rainbow-making God. Now, Now, I don't know what you're facing in your life right now, but nothing is impossible with God. Maybe right now things for you are tough and difficult. Maybe they seem dark and hopeless, but nothing is impossible for God. Maybe you think that you will never overcome that sin, move past that hurt, push through those obstacles, defeat those odds, move beyond that loss, cast out those fears, get out of that mess, rise up from that fall, see those dreams fulfilled, but nothing is impossible with God. Today, Christmas Eve 2018, I bring you good news, a great joy that's for all people. God keeps his promises. Nothing is impossible with God. And the final truth we see revealed in the Christmas story about God is that God's greatest desire is to be with you. Now, now Christmas is a time when people, especially family, they, they want to be together. And listen, this desire to be together is why reasonably sane people endure crowded planes and airports, even though they know things will probably be delayed. It's why people pack suitcases and they cram into cars for hours of fun times on a road trip with their children, right? Fun times when their children say such encouraging things as, are we almost there? I have to go to the bathroom. She's touching me. He's looking at me. I'm not kicking your seat. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I spilled my drink. How much longer? My iPad died. <laughs> I'm bored. Can we watch Frozen again? Now, I got to tell you, you, you people in this generation, when I was in the car, there was nothing in the car except you. <laughs> and if I ever said to my dad, I'm bored, or to my mom, you know what they say? You're bored? I'll give you bored. No idea what that meant, but I didn't want it, right? I did not want any part of it, right? And I'm going to be together. And understand, Jesus, even as he lay all swallowed up in that manger, is the image of the invisible God. And one of the awesome, powerful, and most unbelievable truths that the story of Jesus' birth reveals about our God is that God has no greater desire than being with you. And listen, God the Son, in order to be with you, did not merely hop on an airplane or cram into a car. Instead, he, he left all the glories of heaven and put on human flesh. He came near. He, he, he became one of us. He, he entered the muck and mire of this world. Think about it. In one instant, the all-powerful one became breakable, the one who had been spirit became pierceable. God, who was larger than the universe, became an embryo. And the one who literally created all things and holds all things together became 100% dependent upon a middle school age girl and a blue collar carpenter to feed, bathe, change, and take care of him. That's crazy. That's insane. Like, why would he do this? Why would he endure this? Why? Because God could not imagine spending eternity without you. Why? Because God's greatest desire is to be with you. Why? Because God loves you. 
He loves you with an undying, unyielding, unconditional, unfailing, unrelenting, unstoppable, unbounded love. And, and therefore, it did not matter to him how much the plane ticket cost or how high gas prices were or how crowded and uncomfortable the car was. Because God just had to be with you. And nothing, nothing, not your sin or your rebellion, not his death or the cross, stood any chance of even standing in his way because God's greatest desire is you. And uh, something I like to do here at Maple Grove, if you're here visiting with us, sorry, you, know, you get to do it too, you know. Um, I want you to look at least two people in the eye and just tell them that God's greatest desire is you. Is it? Is it? That's kind of crazy. And we're about done. You know, I, I, I know some of you showed up to see, I heard a rumor that Steve could actually preach a short message and you came here to see if it was true and some took wagers, some are going to buy an extra Christmas presents because they, they over under, I don't know what it was, but I, I'm seriously about to wrap up. But I did want to tell you one thing real quick. You, you know, as I was going over this message, you know, like, I, I don't know how many Christmas Eve services, I've done a lot and, and, and a lot of times I feel God talking to me and I wrote on top of my notes where it, God said to me, he didn't like say to me, but I felt he said to me, Steve, it's about me. I am a big deal. Have fun. Honor me. All right? And, and that was my goal tonight, right? I want to have fun. I, I want to honor him. And because Jesus really is a big deal. And, and, and what a message about our God, right? In, in this first Christmas story, right? That God keeps his promises, that nothing is impossible for our God, and that God's greatest desire is for you. And Amongst all the trappings of Christmas this year, it's my prayer that, that you, that we, that I will keep the truths of that Christmas message at the forefront of our minds at this time. I'm going to pray. Would you pray with me? God, we love you. God, we're honored by you. God, we're blown away that you would want to be with us because sometimes we don't even want to be with us. And God, we're so grateful that you keep your promises and God, right now, I know in this room, there are some people that need to hold on to some of your promises, and they need to know that you always, always, always keep your promises. And Father, I know there's some people in this room that are facing some really difficult times. And God, it, it seems maybe hopeless, it seems too impossible, it, it seems too big for them, because maybe it is. But God, nothing is impossible for you. And so God, as we celebrate the birth of your son, God, we just want to honor you with everything we do. Help us not to lose focus. In Jesus' name, amen.